0: Yeah, Thanksgiving! Wow, what a great time of the year it is! And just before the snow comes, we're supposed to gear up for Thanksgiving. Maybe that's what it's all about. We wanted to take a moment this morning to read some scriptures to you. Second Corinthians four fifteen. All this is for your benefit, so that. The reaching of more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Second Corinthians 9.11 You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Are those great words? Great words. It is Thanksgiving, but it's also our Together series. And we're looking today at the core value of generosity. How many believe that you like people being generous to you? Oh, wow, not that many. Let me ask that again. How many of you love it when people are generous to you? Yeah, that's a little better. You know, if I were to ask you to turn to somebody and say, I'm trying to figure out ways to get more, it probably wouldn't sound very good, would it? And it probably would create a negative atmosphere. But if we were to say to one another, we're looking for ways to give more, so turn to your right and say, we're going to talk about gratitude Turn to your right, to your neighbor. Say, we're going to talk about gratitude. There you go. Now turn to your left and say, and also generosity. Because they go together like husband and wife. So today it's my privilege and my honor to address you on Thanksgiving weekend. And God's whole plan from the very beginning was that his creation live and thrive on the principle of giving. The whole creation yielded to the touch of mankind. The whole creation was working together with us. I call that Adam's first experience was he had the Midas touch. Everything he touched turned to gold. Everything that he touched yielded to him. And after sin entered the world, and after the fall, God didn't change his mind and say, okay, we're going to come up with a different plan. It still was going to be on the principle of giving, the sowing and reaping. But now he said, you're going to have to sweat a little bit to do it. So that's why you sweat when you work. Because God said, It's not going to yield as easily anymore. It's not going to come so natural anymore. And so the Old Testament is really a grand story about how we approach God in the process of living out this principle in his creation. And the New Testament is how God approaches us and how he comes into our lives to fill our lives so that his plan can unfold through the principle of giving, sowing, and reaping. Somebody says, in your effort to make a living, make sure you make a life. Because it's very easy to just get taken up with making a living. So the New Testament calls us to make giving the life principle. Even to the point of laying down one's life. To be like God in doing good to those we love and to those who hate us. The kingdom ethos is overcome evil with good. So that's a giving principle. That's where we do not let the circumstances or people or workplaces or relationships give us a lead on what we should do and how we should respond. We have the Holy Spirit living in us and he's leading us to be overcomers and to bring the kingdom of God and it's brought by giving. God's answer to greed because gain and success at all costs is a human propensity. It's a propensity to possess, protect what we have and sit on it. And this is the basis of strife and injustice in the world. Getting. It's mine. My little grandson just turned two years old. And he's got toys He's got birthdays. They celebrated his birthday out in the forest. And so when we said to him, When did you turn two? He said, In the forest. And sometimes when I've got something that's mine and he wants it, and I say, No, that's not for you to play with. And he goes, Mine. Almost like that. It comes very natural. It's mine. How dare you take what's mine? And so we're so driven in our culture to get. But God's answer to greed is, take up your cross and follow me. That's what Jesus did. And that's the testimony of his cross. Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, he didn't say you have to. He said, if you wish to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. It's no different for us than it was for him. But human nature, without the Spirit of God, is always grasping, always on the seeking end, looking for what it can get. It wants to get and get endlessly. The bumper sticker says, Get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. Another one says, He who dies with the most toys wins. My answer to that is that he who dies with the most toys still dies. When the law of scarcity guides us, human nature expresses itself in the desire of acquisition. But this passion that's not checked will rob us of life. Spiritual nature is very different. It wants to pour out. And it wants to pour out through you and me. Joel Gosbeth said, once you receive the Spirit of God, be prepared to pour. Be prepared to pour out. Discipline yourself. said, you never expect good to come to you, but always expect it to flow out from you. Wow. But for that to happen, we have to focus on the core of what this is all about. Because the heart of our relationship with God is gratitude. The heart of our relationship with God is gratitude. You see, generosity is actually the outward expression of deep gratitude within us. And the word gratitude has the word attitude in it. You could actually break it down and say great attitude. You know, we have the t-shirts that says, I've got attitude. The question is, what kind of attitude do you have? Chuck Swindoll says, there's a lot of things in life that are beyond our control. But our attitude is within our control. And if you have the spirit of God in you, I can can encourage you this morning that that's his longing and desire in you is to make you a person of gratitude. Because the Holy Spirit ignites in us compassion and gratitude and it expresses itself in a deep generosity of spirit, of authentic identity and true belonging. Gratitude is at the heart our relationship Jesus did not say into you will flow rivers of living water he said but out from you will flow rivers of living water springing up into everlasting life do you understand that your relationship my relationship with God is first fostered by gratitude by thankfulness Because gratitude begets generosity, and generosity begets generosity. And always, it generates miracles, because it is the kingdom of God on earth. Gratitude. Paul, in writing to the Thessalonian church, said, Rejoice evermore. I think that means nonstop. Pray without ceasing. I think that means nonstop. In everything, give thanks, no matter what. Why? For this is God's will in Christ Jesus concerning you. So gratefulness keeps us in the will of God. Gratefulness is the guarantor that I am living out the will of God in my life. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that I don't have to question whether or not I'm doing the will of God. I have to ask myself if I am a grateful person. Am I a person who is thankful about all that God gives to me? I hope I am. I try to be. Let the Holy Spirit give expression in me. Now everybody's got unique things about you, your body, your person, that you can give God thanks for. One of the things I do in the morning is throw my legs over the side of the bed. How many do that? A few of you do that. It's a good way to get out of bed, otherwise, you hit the floor hard. I throw my legs over the side of the bed and I stand up and I start walking. I say, Thank you, God. I can walk upright. Because I've had multiple surgeries, both my knees replaced, both my hips replaced. I've had my right hip done six times, my left hip done two times. If it keeps going, I'm soon gonna have a brain transplant. (laughs) And it probably will be titanium. And then I said to my wife, I don't ever want you to get the remote because that will really get my goat. I'm thankful every time I stand upon my feet in the morning and I make my way to the washroom to get ready for the day. I say, thank you. I say it out loud. Thank you, God, that I can walk. Gratitude. It's powerful. It brings you into a whole different mindset. You see this is what it says Christ in me and you is the relationship of gratitude first because the minute you come into relationship with Jesus Christ the weight of the world falls off of you your sins are cast away as far as the east is from the west somebody sometimes in your theology talk about god when you get before him he's going to play a video of your life we're going where is he going to get the material he's thrown it away He's got nothing to make a video of other than of his glory in our lives. And so that creates great gratitude. God, thank you for Jesus Christ. Paul talked about in Romans 7 the challenges of living in this world and being made for a different one. And he says, the thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do is the very thing I do. And then he gets to the well, he didn't know he was at the end of the chapter, but we found out he is. end of chapter seven, he says, "Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for Jesus Christ." You see, we are, by nature of the spirit, a thankful people. Are you thankful? Because if you are, it will infect your prayers. It will infect our relationships, our work, our serving. And it definitely will infect our circumstances. Gratitude. Now, I could get up there and tell you stories about my gratitude and generosity. But it will be boasting. And I don't want to be accused of boasting. Although I do it sometimes but I want to tell you a story I'll make the story short a lady by the name of Marilyn not my wife lady by the name of Marilyn and her husband died delivering papers with his granddaughter when she came back to the car her granddad was gone he'd had a heart attack and went home to be with Jesus and some months later the widow Marilyn came to me and she said to me How much do you owe on your vehicle? I said, Oh, a lot of money. I'd only had it five months. She said, Well, I want to know how much. I said, It's way too much. She said, Well, I want you to think about it. And I want you to let me know how much you owe on your vehicle. So a week later, she came back and she said, I haven't heard from you. How much do you owe on your vehicle? I said, Marilyn, it's a lot of money. You're a widow. I can't possibly, I feel horrible taking money from you. She said, so you're going to rob me of a blessing. She said, well, $29,000 do it. It was just under $29,000. And she sat and wrote me a check and gave me $29,000. And I paid off my vehicle. And I said to her, why are you doing this? She said, God has been so good to me, and I am so grateful to him, and I want to show my gratitude. You just happen to be on the receiving end of it, but it's actually my gratitude towards God. And thank you for allowing me to experience the blessing of doing that. See, Paul said, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Thanksgiving brings spiritual health to us, And makes us strong in the Lord. You see, it's a choice that affects our entire life, both physically and spiritually. Thanksgiving. When I get stuck in grumbling, disenchantment quickly follows. Grumbling is so easy. I know a man, he's with the Lord now, he's a believer. And he had attitude. And he carried that attitude. And it seems like he carried it even with pride. And he was always grumbling. And you know what he did? He actually went and bought a hat, and he had written on the front of the hat, Town Grump. That was his witness. And he was always unhappy with his lot in life. You see, disenchantment quickly follows grumbling. Thanksgiving helps me stop thinking about what I think I deserve. It helps me see that God's kingdom in me is benevolent, that I am the salt and the light, that the Father has chosen gladly to give me the kingdom so that it will flow from me in abundance. And it all starts with gratitude that gives birth to generosity. And then I see God not as my supplier, but my supply. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. When you see God as your supply, even though you may not have the capacity to seek and see how you can do this or how you can give this, it comes from the one who is the supplier of all things. And he is my supply. I don't think God can answer prayers that he can't come with himself. Because his longing desire is to give us himself. He wants to give himself to us. There's a little scripture tucked away in the Psalms. That as a result of whining, God gave them what they wanted. But it was leanness in their soul. Wow, God. I don't ever want to get there. And believe me, I have days where I can grumble. Secondly... Gratitude is a major step of faith. Paul in Romans, I think, chapter 2 said, The just shall live by faith. It's first of the first of all things in relationship with God is faith. It's the continuing sign that I am a believer in Jesus Christ. And how do you know that I have faith? First you know it by my gratefulness, by my thankfulness. You know that I have the spirit of God in me because I am full of gratefulness. And it's a step of faith. Our gratitude is a faith statement that releases God's power in our lives. I'm convinced that this is the one thing that we pay the least amount of attention to. And I think it's the means to the power of God in our lives is gratitude and thankfulness. Paul and Silas, Acts 16, 25. By faith, they're in prison. Their circumstances are horrible. They're in the deepest prison in the house. They're in this dark, dark place. And by faith, out of gratitude, because they said that we consider ourselves grateful to suffer for him. Where's that in our theology? Oh, Jesus, I'm so thankful I get to suffer with you. And they were so grateful that they began to sing. And as they sang, the prisoners heard them. And a miracle happened. You see, gratitude increases capacity for kingdom culture to dominate circumstances beyond my control. Let me say that to you again. Gratitude increases capacity for kingdom culture to dominate circumstances beyond my control. You see, if you'd have told me 36, 40 years ago that you're going to have something that God is going to ask you to carry, and I don't know, it's a mystery, I don't know why I've had to carry this my whole life. I don't know why I've had to go through my life and minister for God out of physical weakness. It's a mystery. I know I'm loved by God. I know He's not punishing me. And I know He's not trying to teach me a lesson. He's not. You know how I've done it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the health system. Thank you for universal health. Thank you for doctors who have put their minds to designing things that somebody can still stand upright and walk with it. Thank you, God, for nurses who right now are taking care of me and I've lost all my dignity in the process. But thank you for the nurses. I even found that in the hospital, you can get better food if you're thankful. (laughs) They'd bring this stuff on the plate, and I'd say, thank you so much, and then I would force myself to eat it. And every time they brought my tray along, I would say thank you. I actually got my wife to buy cards and I wrote on the card and took it down to the kitchen. My food kept changing up and changing up. (laughs) You see, it changes the culture around your circumstances because it brings the kingdom of God. Paul said in Colossians 4.2, pray without... Prayer without thanksgiving is very quickly whining. Praying and pleading and begging and telling God all your needs that He already knows about without gratitude becomes just a lonely whine gratitude helps us focus on what really matters it enlarges us in our faith for more of the kingdom to come for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven gratitude is called returning to gift the enemy of joy is not suffering it is ungratefulness and stinginess because it robs us of our god likeness who is generous to all the just and the unjust our faith Folks, is most genuine, and we are most like God when we are grateful, generous, and loving. And He asked us to imitate Him. Wow. Let me read to you from Isaiah 58. It's an echo of a word that Jesus gave Is this not the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the binding yoke, to let the oppressed go free? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own kind? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn. Your healing shall spring up speedily. See, Jesus echoed, I think, this very text when he said, I was hungry, and you fed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and and you visited me. And they're like, when did we do this? When you did it to these, you did it to me. You see, the greatest way to express the kingdom of God is to express it right here with one another, loving one another, caring for one another, You know the Gaither song? Loving God Loving each other And the story never ends I'm not a very good Gaither singer, but Loving God and loving one another, you can't separate these. And when we get them out of whack, we are not showing what the kingdom of God is really like. We've got to keep them in tandem. We've got to keep them in the tension of the moment. I'm in a place right now where my love for God can be seen with the person I'm with, with the circumstances I'm in. If it doesn't show up here, it's not here. And lastly, gratitude promotes generosity. You see, God promises joy to the giver. He says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, he's not saying that you won't receive. He goes on to say that he promises blessing to the generous giver. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. We always think of this as money. This is about your life. This is about everything you are and everything you do. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. You see, giving is more blessed because it's like the farmer. Sowing is the beginning of a crop. No sowing, no crop. One day I would really like to win the 649 lotto. But I don't buy lotto tickets. (laughs) Probably not going to happen. Giving first. Think of ways that you can give your life away. From God, it says we have freely received and we're called to freely give. And all God asks of us is a 10% gratuity. Just 10%. He says, you give me 10% gratuity for all the service I provide to you. And we'll be in this thing together. And I will bless to 90% so that you will be able to be generous on every occasion. God loves a cheerful giver. Gratitude makes your generosity grace instead of law. Did you hear that? Gratitude makes your giving, your life and your finances and your resources and your gifts and your talents, generosity instead of law. If you feel I have to do this or God is going to be displeased, he probably will be. Not with your giving, but with your heart. You see, he's looking on the heart even Jesus did not come and die because he had to he did it gladly he did it joyfully he did it out of love and compassion it wasn't even my sin that moved him to do it how do I know that the Bible tells me so who for the joy set before him who for the joy set before him Didn't say who for the sins that were set before him. Didn't say who who for the rebellious that were set before him. Didn't say who for the loss that were set before him. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, 2. Ever grateful to his father, He said, not my will, but yours be done. And out of that gratitude, he became the most generous of all. So that Paul, when his pen was in his hand, could write, God gives the most. He's the mostest, and he gives the mostest. He's generous to all, even to the point of death, death on a cross. It says, he who knew no sin became sin for us out of love, out of gratitude, and out of generosity. My goodness, we are a thankful lot, aren't we? We're so grateful. And he didn't do it just for this life. He did it for time and eternity. He did it for all eternity. I'm going to enjoy what God has done through Jesus Christ for all eternity. And when I'm finally in his presence, I'm going to have that enlarged in me in such a way that for all eternity, I will praise him. His praise will ever be on my lips in gratitude. So I'm going to ask the team to come back, and we're going to show our gratitude today by remembering him. We're going to remember his generous gift to us of eternal life and a relationship with him. Father, as we move into this part of this service, we realize that your Holy Spirit is right here with us and he is ever grateful. He has a great attitude. He has a positive attitude. He has a life-giving attitude. He came to bring life. You were so excited when you were with your disciples before you went away. And you said that the Holy Spirit's going to come. It's going to be to your advantage that he comes. And he who's now with you is going to be in you. Jesus, I thank you that by your spirit, you're in me. And even though I may not have the physical means, I have the spiritual capacity for the kingdom of God to flow through me in gratitude and in thankfulness. And I can see my life as a life that has your life flowing through me. And I'm reminded again, I'm not looking for it to come to me, I'm looking for it to flow from me. God, let it flow from us, Lord. Let it flow from us. Go ahead and just give out the, the emblems this morning. And Michael, just lead us in a song as we receive these.